It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler, as Josh said, and with me as always is my co-host Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. And while you're listening to the podcast, go check out the links that we have in the description. Actually, link. I There's only a Facebook link now for everything Cups and Designs. I went mm-hmm. to click on the Etsy link last week, and it brought me to nothing. Said page not does not exist. Haley needs to get her crap together on that end. But Everything Custom Designs is a small business owned by our friend Haley Wagner, who does customized clothing. You can get around the 412 merch. You can get Pittsburgh merch, whatever you want. There's a Facebook link to go check out what you can get. It's going to be in the description of each and every show over on YouTube and on the listening platforms for the podcast. So go check that out. This is the Steelers show, and we got a lot of Steelers news to talk about. And I think that for some, it's going to be... uh, the new beginning of the fun to talk about this because we do have an offensive coordinator, but for mm-hmm. some, I think that it's going to be a little disappointing because you don't have all the offensive coordinator news and it's, it's, it takes away part of the, the mystery of, of the all. And I think that's part of the fun that we're going to be missing out on for moving forward, but at least we know who the coordinator is and we have some stuff to talk about on that end. Yeah. I, I mean, so the process as a whole, I don't know what I expected like timeline wise, but like the amount of names that were linked to the position, I didn't expect it to be this soon that we would see somebody named to the position. Um, you know, because you know, Thomas Brown, obviously Zach Robinson got hired somewhere else in Atlanta. We'll come back to Atlanta here in a second. Um, so you had Zach Robinson linked to them. I don't even know if he actually ended up interviewing, but Thomas Brown, Arthur Smith, who is the new offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh gerard johnson who is the quarterback coach of the houston texans and uh, actually just as of a little bit ago said that he's remaining with the team um so i don't know if he was still in consideration anywhere to get an oc job or what but he's staying with the texans at least for another year um yeah definitely expected not that there wasn't like interest more interest from the team for more names but they didn't bring anybody else in for interviews so i don't know if that just says like arthur smith impressed him that much he was certainly the one that fit the description the most to me in terms of what they were looking for he checked the most boxes for them um and alan put it you know i I thought in a good way where he said he's the only one that they could hire like today and be able to to justify it meaning you you, like it, it probably the safest of them of the candidates that they had linked to them just because he has the experience in that capacity. You go back to his days in Tennessee, ran a very good offense. And honestly, the way to success that he had in Tennessee is ideally the the way the Pittsburgh Steelers want to play. Now, they do some different type of run concepts than the Steelers had success with last year. So I think that's going to be interesting. Um, but certainly, you know, if I'm Najee Harris, if I'm Jalen Warren, I'm I'm smiling at this hire because it still means you're the focal point of this offense, which I think we expected to have happen anyways. But I'm curious to your thoughts on this because my initial reaction is I think that this can work, but I need to see how the rest of the staff is built out. Like if you got a guy like Gerard Johnson, I'd have less question in terms of what that means for bringing along a guy like Kenny Pickett or whoever the, the next quarterback is going to be, assuming things don't go well with Kenny Pickett in 2024. But with it being Arthur Smith, I think that really emphasizes how important getting in the QB coach, pass game coordinator, whatever role you're going to have for this guy, how important it is to nail that hire. Um, Certainly also along with the rest of the staff, but I think that's the one position where I'm like, man, this has to be a slam dunk from them. Yeah, uh, especially with Arthur Smith um, not having quarterback ties. Like he's coached various positions. Um, Like when he was with Tennessee before being the Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, he was, he was coaching at various positions on their offense, but he's never really been involved with quarterbacks, uh, at least to my knowledge. And that's something that not all of the candidates uh, you could say, like we, we said that like for Zach Robinson, Robinson specifically, we talked about how he has played the position himself. He played in the NFL. He's coached the position. And while he didn't have the play calling ability, there was the upside of potentially being able to develop Kenny Pickett. And I feel like while Arthur Smith, and I think you said it right, he's the safer pick as far as offensive coordinators goes among the names that have already been mentioned um, and linked to the Steelers and, and guys that they have talked to. Because when you talk about a guy like Zach Robinson, who 
is has no experience play calling, but he's from the McVeigh tree. Or if you got a guy like from the from the the Shanahan tree that wasn't Kubiak, I, I feel like those guys you're more so taking gambles on because they don't have the experience as a coordinator already. But you're hoping that the offense is going to be able to fit in in your offense and basically be, be able to mm. a little piece of what what the what the sexier pick would be. That's why that's what I would call it is. Kind of like how we, whenever you take a lineman in the first round, it's not a sexy pick, but it could be the right pick. That's how I feel like Arthur Smith is. It's it's not the sexy pick for, for offensive coordinator. A guy like Zach Robinson, and and I'm just naming him because because I know like the type of offense he was running in L.A. and everything like that, and I know the fan base could have been excited about that, but it's it, he could have been the sexy pick, but he's not necessarily the most experienced pick he might not be the smartest pick and he's definitely not the safest pick and I I think that when you really get down to looking at how the Steelers are built to win and I think that the Steelers did a good job of finding that out as the season went on last season they had no identity to start the season and even going through probably two-thirds of the season they still had no identity but it was just that that last few games when they really started to figure out hey we're pretty good at running the ball we're built to run the football pretty well. Maybe we should just build an identity of, of ground and pound run game as an offense. And I think that Arthur Smith fits that bill. Now, I don't think that he's necessarily uh, going to come in and, and revitalize this offense from what it was. I still think that's that's more of a kind of prove it, like show it to me that you can do it. But I think as far as the tools and the personnel that he has set in place, when you compare – the, the, those 2019 and 2020 Titans teams that obviously everybody's going to point to, everybody's going to point to you have prime Derrick Henry. How can you even say that we could be anything like that? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not going to have one guy that's going to be like prime Derrick Henry. I'm not going to expect either Jalen Warren or Najee Harris to be like that. But together, I don't see why they couldn't. I, I if, Between the two of them, I don't see why you can't replicate what they Derrick Henry did in the aggregate. I don't see why you can't improve this offensive line, which I think is going to be a big emphasis going into this offseason, going into the draft. I think center is going to be a, a big, uh, like jumped up the board with this Arthur Smith higher. higher. I think that um, yeah. you're going to see ways that they're going to continue to improve it, this run game this offseason. But also when you compare those 2019 and 2020 Titans teams, the Steelers are an upgrade at practically every other skill position. I mean, the Titans had what AJ Brown for was was it both seasons or just one of those seasons? It was both. Yeah, it was both. It was both seasons. So they had mm-hmm. they had AJ Brown, but look at everybody else that was on those Titans teams. I mean, they were carried by Derrick Henry in that run game. And I feel like when you look at who you have as a skill positions for the Steelers, that's a massive upgrade as a team. And so you got a thousand yards out of Corey Davis. That, yeah, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts <laughs> that he was able to do that. Because you yeah. saw what what Corey did. He was he goes to the Jets and look look at what he does. Absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. but I, I I think that this hire is it's not like my slam dunk. Like this is a great hire, but I I do think it's a, a solid one. I, I I and I feel like it's safe and I feel like it's underrated too. That and people are probably going to overlook it in in ways just because he just got fired, but having a guy that has head coaching experience on the coaching staff, I feel like is yeah. important. I, we felt the same way whenever they brought in Brian Flores as your middle linebackers coach, having any guy that who has been a head coach on your staff, I feel like brings value to your coaching staff. So the fact yeah. that he has that experience too, I think that the, the, this hire is, it's, it's, it's intriguing to me. I think this sets up the Steelers to be able to possibly be put in the right position to win football games moving forward based on how their team's constructed. And I think that that's going to open up things for Kenny Pickett himself. When I And I agree with you how they need to have a – you need to slam dunk on this quarterback hire or passing game coordinator hire, whoever you want to say, whatever position you want to bring yeah. in. They, they have to have somebody that's going to be able to develop Kenny Pickett more because that's not going to be the irresponsibility of Arthur Smith. He hasn't really done that anywhere he's been. Even though, like you had mentioned before, that he had got, got good quarterback play at those couple years in Tennessee, he's not going to play. 55 passing touchdowns for Tannehill in those two yeah. seasons. Yeah, I mean, 55 passing touchdowns to, to Kenny Pickett right now. That That's like <laughs> t- making the jump from like Pee Wee to, to the NFL. That's what I, I mean, I know season. that he hasn't played. 
he hasn't played every game within these two seasons, but he has 13 passing touchdowns so far in his career. Can you pick it? You know, Ryan Tannehill had 55 in those two seasons. Imagine if we get 55 passing touchdowns within a two-year span from Kenny Pickett, the way that we'd be talking. Um, I couldn't. I can't. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's yeah, unfathomable. It, and that's what's you know, we're talking about, and, and I'm the one that said it, Like I and I still agree with it. It's, it's funny that we're talking about the lack of quarterback development because he hasn't. Like Ryan Tannehill was what he was, and granted he did revitalize his career a little bit there, but he wasn't his quarterback coach. I think it's more about how easy Arthur Smith's offense makes it for the quarterback. Um you know, to ha- turn around, hand the ball off 30 times or so to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and then take the deep shots. But here's what people I think Steelers fans are going to like about the past game is the utilization of the play action. I mean, nobody used more play action. I think they were, well, I say nobody, but I think they were second. So I guess one team did uh, over Arthur Smith's time in Tennessee. Um you know, play action like 27% of the time compared to, you know, Pittsburgh, which was at like 16% last year. I mean, that's a massive jump. And, you know, if we see more play action, I granted, again, I think everybody, including myself, is very down on Kenny Pickett. But if there's one thing that I would say, I think that you can utilize more and would be best suited for Kenny Pickett, it's play action. Like, I, I think that is the way that maybe you get him going. Maybe you get him some easier stuff, um, get him some layups. So, you know, I, I think that this is probably a route, too, where it's like, okay, maybe he's not the guy to necessarily develop Kenny Pickett, but he's the guy to bring in an offense that is simple enough and simplified enough that Kenny Pickett can make it work. And, you know, I, I'm not saying this because I, I don't know how the organization feels, but I almost get a sense that like they know where they're at with Kenny Pickett, and that is why this hire is being made to do that, to make this offense as simple as possible and ask as little from the quarterback as possible. Yeah, obviously not what you want to hear two years after drafting him in the first round, but if if that's going to be the case, this this offense and, and what Arthur Smith could bring is something that can make things easier. A, a good run game is always going to make life easier for a quarterback. I, I I agree with you 100% on that. Um, I would be interested to see how Kenny Pickett does with play action. I think that that could make him more confident in some of his throws because that's something that we talked about that we never thought we would see as far as um, if Kenny Pickett was going to lose aspects of his games. We never thought that we, we would see like the inaccuracy and the, the lack of confidence on the field. But like mm-hmm. at times you kind of started to see that this year. And I feel like making the game as easy as possible for the quarterback is a simple way to gain some of that back. Uh, and if you have a dominant run game that can open up plays like that, that that's 100% a way that to be, to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I keep just going back to the way that the staff I think needs to kind of fill out now that it is Arthur Smith, like, okay, we've got, we know who it is. So that's kind of like assuring in itself that we know who the offensive coordinator is so we can start building out around that. I look at the rest of the staff, though, and, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but I think there's some spots here for some guys linked to Arthur Smith to also join the staff. Let me throw something your way and see how you feel about it. Now, it also, you know, I want to ask you something, actually, before we get into this, because Diana Rossini put out originally, it was like 48 hours after Arthur Smith, had gotten fired from Atlanta saying that more than seven teams were interested in bringing him in as their offensive coordinator. More than seven would be eight. And there was a total of eight teams that were looking for an offensive coordinator. So I don't know that I necessarily believe that full fully. Um, but does that give you any more solace knowing that there were like multiple teams trying to bring in Arthur Smith and it was the Steelers that landed him? How do you phrase a question like that? More or, or phrase a tweet like that more than seven teams. How do you pick that number? Why couldn't you just say yeah. eight if that's what's uh, that's what's the <laughs> case? That's what I'm focused on right yeah. now. No, I, yeah. I I think that does – I mean, for me, I don't think I needed that to feel more justified in this hiring, but I, I think that for most of the fan base, that could make them feel more comfortable with it. I'm I'm more so impartial to it. I, as, as a guy that was an offensive coordinator and has success as an offensive coordinator and then was a previous head coach, I feel like it was obvious that he was going to have some other interests from teams. And even, even though you have interest from teams, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to bring you in just or actually hire you just because they interview you. So while that's, that's uh doesn't hurt how I feel about it, but it doesn't necessarily help it either. I think it's, 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 it's just like some news to me that, that, that that's the case. 
but I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that really changes my opinion on the hire that much. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, the other thing that I, before I got sidetracked, I thinking about that, that I wanted to bring up was, okay. So Mike Rabel, when he was on the market and we thought he was going to be a head coaching gig, it looks like he might be left out of this cycle. Um, but word was that wherever he went to uh, in Seattle, I believe was like the team that it seemed like it was most likely, uh, especially after the chargers went the Harbaugh route. Um, he would bring Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator. So with Arthur Smith going on, getting on board with the Steelers as the OC here, that kind of tells me he has a pretty good feeling like, or Vrabel's already been told that he's not getting that job because I think he would have waited it out to go with him. Is there a chance, or am I just you know a little bit too much hopium here, that Mike Vrabel comes here now with his buddy Art Smith on offense and takes a role in that Brian Flores vein on the defensive side, whether it's as like a senior defensive assistant or assistant head coach, some type of role. And for that matter, connecting dots, it was also put out there that wherever Arthur Smith went to be the OC, he wanted Mike Munchak back on his staff. Is it possible that we see a reunion there as well? Um, well, with Mike Munchak, I guess it depends on how he feels about the Steelers' offensive line play the last couple of years. Um, because I, I think it's like more about the location. Like, I think it was the locate. I, I take him for his word that he wanted to be back on the West Coast. So, like, Seattle would have made sense, in my opinion. But does Pittsburgh make sense? Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't. I, I don't know which one would be harder for me to believe that 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 it would come true, Munchak coming back or that Vrabel would be taking uh, such a demotion. I guess to, to but but I guess that's being better than being about, unemployed. Yeah, you're talking about like in my mind easily, easily a top ten head coach being in a defensive assistant assistant head coach or something for a year. I mean, I fully expected he could get his, you know, foot back in that door next cycle. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, him, Tomlin, you're again, to your same point that you made about Artie Smith being a former head coach. You got another one right there. And wasn't Munchak was a head coach brief. If maybe, maybe on an interim bait, but he was definitely a head coach for some period of time. Right. Was he interim in Denver? I thought he was the head coach in Tennessee, actually. Oh, really? I might be mistaken. We'll see here. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they feel about Pat Meyer uh, or how how Arthur Smith is going to feel about Pat Meyer, but mm-hmm. I, I do know that I if, if I'm looking at the two options, I just feel worse about bringing Munchak back. If I'm being completely, he was honest. actually that was his job right before he became our offensive line coach. He was the head coach there from 2011 to 2013. So it wasn't even oh, like wow. an interim basis. Yeah. That's funny. I, you know, I just, the Vrabel thing would be really interesting to me. Obviously, like 100%, yes, I would do it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's, is there serious? Like, I just have a hard time believing that nobody wants Mike Vrabel. I, I don't understand that. I mean, you and I were, were shocked that he was let go from the Titans. It, yeah. it made absolutely no For sense. Brian we're, Callahan. Not, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. Like so many people were, and uh, like it got to the point where it was just like uh, people are speculating whether he said that he wants to go somewhere else, and instead of just like mutually parting ways, they just said, "Well, we're letting you go." If that's going to be the case, I, I I think that that would be awesome if they could. I just don't know how realistic it is. Like how yeah. How realistic is it, is it that you're going to have three former head coaches on the same staff? <laughs> right. Yeah, I just I got my mind going that way. Excuse me. When we finalized the Arthur Smith thing, just because I remembered that being put out there about Vrabel and him, you know, Vrabel wanting to bring him along wherever he went. And then I remembered seeing a separate thing about Arthur Smith wanting to bring Munchak along wherever he went. So, like, it seemed like those three – very possibly we're all going to be connected and in Seattle, but not coming to fruition because Seattle's going a different direction. It actually sounds like, Hey, and, and props to Seattle. Love this. This is the direction that they go. Uh, it sounds like the favorites, McDonald, Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, which great, get him out of Baltimore. Um, 
because he's really good. He's like people are calling him the defensive version of Sean McVay. So the less time he spends in Baltimore, the better. Um, we do have some questions that I want to get to as well, and they're going to be related to offensive coordinator stuff and uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, Tyler Hernley says, with Arthur Smith now in place, who would you like to see brought in as the quarterback coach? We've already talked about you know how important we feel like this is. Um, I'll throw out the one name, and I don't know necessarily about the fit specifically with Arthur Smith, but I just want to get this one out of the way before I throw some more off-the-wall candidates at you, is Pep Hamilton. I haven't seen his name linked to anybody. I don't even know if he's interviewing with teams right now for any position, um, but I just think he makes so much sense. So I'm going to keep saying his name. Um, as long as he's out there. Um, another one that I've thought about is KJ Black and Jake Peets. Both are from the Rams staff. KJ Black is a Rams offensive assistant. Jake Peets is their pass game analyst, I believe is his name, or pass game specialist, one of those roles. He actually just interviewed somewhere, uh, maybe the Raiders, for their offensive coordinator job. And I was like, what? Jake, like we threw Jake Peets' name out there on this show last week just because it seemed like, okay, if it's not going to be Zach Robinson in this capacity, maybe you go with like another step down the rung and look at the next guy to bring into the staff on some capacity. But if this guy's already getting offensive coordinator looks, man, um, that might be a tough sell, but like in some capacity to potentially see him, uh, Greg Olson, who is the, not that Greg Olson, different Greg Olson, uh, who was the Seahawks quarterback coach could get left in the dust, depending on the way that the Seahawks go there. Um, with their head coaching hire. Uh, some more off-the-wall ones that I thought of, and I know that people have thrown this out there in the past. Dan Orlovsky, who is an ESPN analyst, maybe watches more film on quarterbacks than anybody. I think he's got some knowledge there in terms of how to simplify things for Kenny and get him to at least uh, a competent level of quarterback play and man I, I just think it'd be so interesting to see how it went regardless of one way or another just like that's so I feel like out of the outside the box thinking like a guy that hasn't been a quarterback former quarterback like I think he checked that box that's kind of something that I'm always looking for the Steelers don't have one right now on their entire staff a former quarterback um so I I, I would look there um and then the last one that I thought of and I don't even know if he Doug Nussmeyer, who was with um, Helen Moore in his time uh, going back to Dallas and then also moved to the Chargers with him very well, could end up going with him right over to Philly now that Kellen Moore is in Philadelphia. But assuming that that doesn't come to fruition, that would be somebody that I looked at as well. I, I don't know how much he's had to do with the development necessarily of guys like Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. But, um, you know, to work with the, both those guys, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that he could definitely bring something to the table for him to pick it. I'm interested in a lot of the guys you talked about. And I, just being completely frank, I don't really have anybody else outside of uh, what you said that I would even bring in. I haven't even looked. I've been so thought about offensive coordinator that quarterbacks coach was kind of more of a secondary thought to me, especially because when you think about who could potentially be an offensive coordinator, you only have to go down a little bit down the coaching roster, but if you were talking about quarterbacks coach, you got to get down to like senior offensive analysts or people who aren't yeah. already quarterbacks coach because yeah. it's, it, lateral moves, moves don't really make sense. Otherwise, like Gerard Johnson could be interesting, but yeah, it was a lateral awesome. move. Like if they could have somehow, if they could have also made him, I don't know, like an assist, in some way promoted him as well. Passing game Man, coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, in some way, find a way to make it make sense um, where it is a promotion here. That would have been awesome. But obviously, the one I'm that. really intrigued by that you said is Dan Orlovsky, because that would be so, like, yeah, just because of the, the, the intrigue of it, the whole like, would it, how would it work out? And I, I want to know from like a, a just a obviously, I don't know this answer, but what does a quarterback's coach get paid? And what does Dan Orlovsky get paid by ACN? Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, is, is it a downgrade in pay? That's something that I'd be curious too. Right. Well, that would, so it would be a case of like, does he have aspirations of coaching beyond that? Like, okay, is he just, is he okay with being, at, I'm sure he is okay with being at ESPN or does he want to get into the NFL, not just to be a quarterback coach, but like an offensive coordinator in like stepping up the ladder? Because yeah, if he was just, if it's just quarterback coach, not going anywhere else. Yeah. I would assume that he is better off at ESPN. 
But if he can move up the ladder and has a desire to move up the ladder, maybe that would be the route to go. Imagine, but, imagine t- talking 10 years from now when Tomlin finally hangs it up and Dan Orlovsky is the new head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> new head coach. Yeah, I would be wild. Would be wild. Um, we got some things kind of along the same vein because Bernard uh, says, who would be the best option for Steelers quarterback coach? Um, best option in terms of track record is probably Pep. You know, the other name that I didn't mention at all was Brian Johnson, who's the former Eagles offensive coordinator. He was offensive coordinator for them last year, but he was the quarterback coach prior to that. And look at the leap that Jalen Hurts took. I think a lot of the offensive struggles last year got thrown on Brian Johnson. I don't know that it was fully fair to him for that to be the case. Um, but he's obviously no longer there. I think that he would be um, somebody of intrigue as well. If, if Frank Reich were willing to come back in that capacity, maybe he could make sense too. Um, I really even hate to throw the names out there, but certainly have the experience. And, you know, it's not like they're not doing, they're not sitting at home doing nothing. They are um, consultants for a couple of teams right now. Both of the Grudens, John and Jay Gruden, both consultants right now for teams in the NFL as they try to get their foot back in the doors and places. Um, but if you, if you were asking me like a preference, man, I I'm all about this Jake Pete's thing since I really started to look into him. I just think that, you know, getting somebody of that McVeigh tree, um, would be a pr- very high on my priority list for this off season. Obviously Arthur Smith does not check that box. So that would probably be route number one for me is Jake Pete's, but I think there are a lot of intriguing names out there and a lot of directions that they could go. I just really hope that that is still um, something that they're looking into. And it's not like, okay, we're not even trying to do anything in this area because we got Arthur Smith and he matches the identity of what we want to have. So we're not focusing on, you know, the quarterback coach pass game coordinator. I don't think that can be ignored this off season. I think that again, they need to hit a home run here. And there's a lot of names that I would, I would feel comfortable with bringing in. I don't know that John or Jay Gruden would be one of them. If I'm being completely honest with with, with me personally, no, they were on this. They were on this list that I was looking at, especially so. after Jay Gruden beefing with RG three on Twitter. Yeah, like, what, what is what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> if you were asking me, like the the best, most safe, that I would feel the most comfortable with is probably Pep. But the one that I really want is Jake Pete. I think the best is probably Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's fair. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I wonder if he's available. If he's going to – maybe he – these reports are true. He's going to retire after the season if they win the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick's going to become their head coach. Andy Reid takes a year off and then comes back as the Steelers quarterback coach. In 2025. (laughs) Just just for fun. He's always always been a big Kenny Pickett guy. he He wants a project. He wants to see if he can make it work, if he can turn it around. If it doesn't go well for Kenny in 2024, though, he's not going to have the opportunity to work with him. So, yeah, I, yeah, man, um, what it must be like to have like an offensive mind like that, just like any any offensive mind yeah. like that. Have the Steelers ever had any anything close to that offensively? N- no, I mean, well, because I mean, that, not, that's and, like not specifically Andy Reid, but just like yeah, any say, creativity the offensively. There. Yeah. Um, man, closest is probably Wisenhunt, I would think. I mean, it's between him and Arians, right? I, you know, I, I can't think of anybody beyond those two. In third place is probably Todd Haley. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think, think the, it's not that crazy to say that. It's been, it's been a whole lot of mid around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I'm trying to think beyond recent history, even and nothing. It's been a whole, really been a whole lot of mid disguised by Hall of Fame quarterback play. Yeah. Um, Tyler says, "What do you think the ceiling is for Pickett in Arthur Smith's offense?" This is hilarious because I think it's Ryan Tannehill. I think it's the quarterback play that he was getting in Tennessee in his offense. Um, but I will say, I think that is enough for this team to to be able to get you know we were looking at and this is a discussion we want to have i'll let you answer this question but like you look at the two teams that are playing in the super bowl next weekend 
Oakland, the Chiefs, and 49ers. And we spent last week talking a good bit about how far away we think the Steelers are, or is it really just at one position that they're far away? And you look at, okay, say the Steelers were getting the level of play that Ryan Tannehill was giving the Titans for those two seasons with Arthur Smith as OC. Where does that have the Steelers in terms of the hierarchy of the AFC? I think that's an interesting question. We can dive more into that. But what's your answer to this? What do you think the ceiling is of Kenny Pickett within Arthur Smith's offense? The ceiling, you're probably right. It would be that like 2019, 2020 Tannehill. Um, the, the 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 reason I have pause in that, and I want to say it could be even worse though as the ceiling, is because mm-hmm. of what we've seen from Kenny Pickett thus far. But when you when you compare those two quarterbacks by themselves, and you look at even just their first two years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Tannehill, in his first two years in the NFL, threw for 36 touchdowns combined. Kenny Pickett started 13. I mean, when I, when you compare what Tannehill was in Miami, Tannehill, in his first two years, threw for over 7,000 yards and, and 36 touchdowns. Kenny Pickett's nowhere close to that. And so while I want to say like 2019 Tannehill, and that might be true, like that might be the ceiling ceiling, but like, I don't think he's going to reach that. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's a totally separate question to me is what are the chances of him hitting that ceiling? And I wouldn't have them very high as we sit here right now. I don't know how you could like, I don't know. Even based off of the first two seasons, what we've seen from, from when you look back at what Tannehill was and you look at back at what Tannehill or Kenny Pickett has been these two seasons, I don't even know if if you could say that his ceiling is going to be what Tannehill is was in that 2019 and 2020 seasons because he's not even what 20, Tannehill was in 2012 and 2013. He's he's way worse, and and Tannehill stunk from 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 an outside perspective. Tannehill stunk, yeah. But Kenny yeah. Pickett is somehow astronomically worse. And so I feel like yeah, the, I, I the, I'm the just... expectation, and I understand like ceiling is different than expectation, but like Steelers mm-hmm. should have no expectation when it comes to quarterback play going into next season. Like you should be at the floor going into next season. Yeah. Well, in that, maybe I'm taking the question differently than the way I'm supposed to, but I guess my point is I think that Ryan Tannehill provided what the ceiling of that quarterback play within that offense is. So that would yeah. be my answer regardless of who we were talking about. But because the question was specifically about Kenny Pickett, that's why I'm saying it's Ryan Tannehill, because I think that that's just the expect or not the expectation, the ceiling of quarterback play within an Arthur Smith offense. I do think that because it's the Kenny Pickett that we've seen within those first two years, you're looking at somebody operating much closer to the floor of that offense or quarterback play within that offense. Uh, and yeah, I, I there's like because we didn't get the year two leap that we expected, I have no clue what to expect in year three. We don't even have, like, maybe the quarterback coach is going to be such a good hire that it's going to, like, completely change my expectation. But I I, I got to remember all of these things that I'm saying when we get to preseason time because I cannot let it sway my opinion in the way that it did in 2023. It cannot happen again. And I know that it was that way for a lot of people. You know who's available? Matt Canada. He's got some former OC experience. Oh, you know who's another guy I should have thrown out there was Josh McCown, former quarterback, spent last year with Carolina, obviously before Frank Reich's staff was gutted, but uh, was part of that mess. I don't know how much of that can be put on him, but I'm still intrigued by what he can do as a quarterback coach. There you go. You get a serious answer from Smitty, and then you get me suggesting Matt Canada as a quarterback coach. Yeah. You know what? I, looking back... That hire didn't even make sense. Like, forget about, I'm not even talking about as like the offensive coordinator. As quarterback coach, it didn't even make sense. I, I don't even know where because his off, What was his last? His offenses have always been predicated on running the football. Like, that's what his background was. I don't know where the quarterback thing came into play, really. I, I guess because he was a quarter, quarterback's coach a lot in college. I'm looking back at his uh, coaching tenure, and holy cow, even going back to the 90s. At Butler, he was, in 1997, he was offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, and then he was quarterback's coach for Northern Illinois from 2001 to 2002. 
and then he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2003, quarterbacks coach at Indiana in 2004, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Indiana in 2005 and 6, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Indiana in 2007 and 2010. And he went back to Northern Illinois for 2011 to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. At Wisconsin in 2012, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. NC State for 13 to 15, same thing, OC and QB coach. Pittsburgh for the one year, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. LSU, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Maryland, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. So basically until he was the interim head coach at Maryland at whenever they they fired whoever, um, and before he was hired by the Steelers as their quarterback's coach, he was pretty much always OC slash quarterback's coach or quarterback coach. But like nowhere along the way was he – it just doesn't make sense to me. It just seems like a lot of malpractice along the way from these teams because nowhere along the way was he developing these quarterbacks or like he, that wasn't – I don't know. Just very confusing to me because everything that people were taking from him that they were applying at the NFL level was about his run concepts. Yeah. Like nobody was motion, clamoring. Nobody was clamoring for what he his work with quarterbacks. I don't know. Anyways, that was a little sidebar about former offensive coordinator Matt Canada, but I had no clue that it was that extensive in terms of how many teams he was the quarterback's coach for because it just makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. Well, um, anyways, do we have any more questions regarding the Steelers? Yeah, I don't think we had any more questions regarding the Steelers. No. Then let's talk about playoffs. Well, I thought there was something that. I, yeah, I thought. The, oh, yeah, that's what we want to talk about. Chiefs and 49ers. And a season where there looked like there was so much parity, anybody could win this thing. Uh, we come back to these two teams, the Chiefs and the 49ers, meeting. What was it? They met four years ago or something. I think it was four years ago in the Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs defeated the 49ers in the Super Bowl. 49ers probably in a much different place right now. Uh, the Chiefs also, they don't have Tyreek Hill. You could say that they're in a different place too. Probably better defensively now than they were back then. Um, but nonetheless, in a year there where it looked like there was going to be so much parity, we still come back to Chiefs and 49ers. Um, I want to talk about this game, but first and foremost, I mentioned last week we talked about where the Steelers were, the state of the franchise, how far away are they are they really that far away or do they have most of the pieces that they need on the roster? They're just lacking in the most important position quarterback position. If they get that figured out, where can they be at compared to these other franchises? And that was with obviously Detroit and Baltimore still in the mix as well. When you look at the chiefs, when you looked at the 49ers, does that, you know, let's have this conversation again. How far away are the Steelers from being within this realm? Like, First off, which team are they closer to being able to be? <laughs> and how far away are they from being able to be that team, to emulate that team? I mean, if you're looking at these two teams individually, and only these two teams, they're definitely closer to being the 49ers than they are the Chiefs. The Chiefs on paper are are not one of the best teams. I mean, they are one of the best teams. Don't get me wrong. But like, I if you just look at the roster that the, is constructed, and you look at especially on offense, especially on offense, they should not be playing like the way they do. But I saw someone on Twitter say it, and I forget who it was. Um, but it, it's kind of like the Patriots combination when you have the best head coach and the best quarterback in the NFL. It's hard to beat when it comes to knocking you out of playoffs. It's it's hard to get past that that tandem. And they are like the Patriots now in the sense that not only are they they at the uh, AFC Championship every single year, he's never not been to an AFC Championship since he's been the starter. But now he they, they have been to several Super Bowls, and they're just it's hard to knock out, even though on paper there should be better teams. Like the Bills on paper are probably a better team than the Chiefs are constructed, but it doesn't matter. They're the ones going to the Super Bowl. I think that... Um, the Steelers are closer to being the 49ers because of those reasons as well. Because to be the Chiefs, you have to bank on having the best quarterback and the best head coach, which is unrealistic for any team to expect from their team. Um, 
so when it comes to the Steelers specifically, I think that you got to look at how they're built and look at the way that they're built. Obviously, having a Kyle Shanahan head coach and having that offense, that helps a ton. But I think from from the way it's constructed is you have Brock Purdy as your quarterback. And I don't want to take anything away from Brock Purdy. He's done a great job as the quarterback since he's taken over for Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's not like you have a Mahomes or an Allen or, or someone along those lines quarterbacking that offense, but somehow they're still able to look as dominant as they do. And I feel like that's how the Steelers would have to win, especially if you're looking at the way Kenny Pickett's played. And even if you don't want to take Kenny Pickett out of there and you think that they're going to do it with a different quarterback, you have no idea how good that quarterback's going to be. But I think as far as the way they're constructed to win is with good defense, which they've proven to have, if that defense can stay healthy enough, they, they can play – as one of the best defenses in the NFL, like the 49ers do. And then you have good players at every single position. You now, I, I don't know that the Steelers necessarily have like a CMC anywhere, but you have a running back tandem that has been proven to be very good. And you're getting an offensive coordinator that has shown that he can ha- draw up an offense that can produce a high level running game. You've got some good wide receivers, and I expect them to add to that wide receiver room this offseason. And you have a solid tight end, and you're improving still on your offensive line. I said, and I said that at the beginning of the show. I still think that this offseason they're going to look to improve. And it just sucks that at the most important position, that is what is really holding you back. <clears throat> but looking at those two Super Bowl teams, I think it's clear that you look at the way they're, they're set up. Obviously, I think that the the 49ers, when it comes to skill positions, like, yeah, they, they have Kelsey in, in Kansas City, but look at everybody else. There's there's no reason that they should be playing the way that they do with some of these skill position players, but they do, and that's because they have the best quarterback. So you take away the best quarterback, they, they're more likely to become a San Francisco than they are Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is the ultimate equalizer. Like he just makes it work. Look at there is abs- They're playing in the Super Bowl, and you look back at like their regular season. Everybody was talking about them falling off. Could they be one and done in the playoffs? They had to go to Buffalo and to Baltimore the last couple of weeks to get to the Super Bowl. No interceptions from Patrick Mahomes in like his last what? What is it like six playoff games or something? Something stupid. Um, but he's he's ridiculous. He takes it to another level in the playoffs. Doesn't matter the weapons he has. That's what I was saying too. Like you look top to bottom roster wise, it is this is probably the worst roster they've had at least on offense. Like you have Travis Kelsey, which he didn't even have the type of year injuries, a lot of drops this year comparatively. I feel like his age is starting to show a little bit more. Um, but he's also another guy that just turns it on in the playoffs. He turned Rasheed Rice into his wide receiver one for most of the season, and they are in the Super Bowl unbelievable and i do think that their defense deserves a lot of credit too but yeah i would agree san francisco is probably the one that if you were trying to emulate it makes i don't know if it's if it's more sense but the steelers roster wise are closer to being than the kansas city chiefs for sure now if the steelers somehow land that type of quarterback whole different ball game they're you know if you can get in within that realm if you get one of those aliens that mahomes allen Lamar Herbert type to compete in the AFC Burrow ultimate equalizer. And, um, you know, they can make up for a lot of deficiencies within the roster, but I, I think Mahomes even on different too, than anybody else watching the games on Sunday, second half, not as much, but dude, first half Lamar was on another planet on Sunday. He was ridiculous in that first half against Kansas city. It's a shame that, that, it, it kind of got, uh, and then it's it, it was awkward for me as a Steelers fan because I was watching this game, and I was really wondering who I should want to win this game, because I at times there was parts of me that were like, I understand it's Baltimore, but I just want the Chiefs to lose, and ultimately, like either way, I don't want either one to win or either one to lose, but man, it was it, watching Lamar. It was so hard not to root for that offense. Yeah, Todd Monken definitely took it to another level. Now, Kansas City, all credit to them. Steve Spaggs on the defense, like those players on that defense that have kind of been underrated. Like other than I feel like Chris Jones, everybody knows about Chris Jones, but like Legereus Sneed just a couple years ago, nobody knew who that was. Um, Justin Reed was thrown away by the Texans. You know, it's not like a, a household name 
George Karloftis is their best edge rusher, which, you know, he was a somewhat high draft pick, but like, it's not like household names across the board on that defense and they, they make it work. Spagnolo is one of the best. Um, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess we should give some Super Bowl predictions, how you feel like this game is going to go again, a rematch of four years ago in the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco right now is the favorite. I feel like that's probably going to go into the Super Bowl that way. The line could shift a little bit, but I think that the Niners are going to end up being the favorite as we go into it. How do you see this one playing out? I just, I, I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's, it yeah. is, I, I have a hard time envisioning how they are not going to win this game, especially because this, this postseason, they've proved what people have questioned, like, can they win on the road? They've done it twice. And could this team even compete with this level of play that they had at times during the regular season and whether, whether they're going to be like in the playoffs? They've answered the bell. They're still the best team in the NFL. I mm-hmm. I think that the Chiefs are going to win. I think that they're going to go back-to-back, and Mahomes and Kelsey will get their third. I think that 49er fans are going to cry again, losing to the Chiefs. And um, I I think it's going to be a competitive game. But the the thing that I think is the most disappointing to me about the Super Bowl in general is because it is these two teams. While I still think the game is going to be really good, I think this could be a great Super Bowl as far as what is played out on the field. This is the most boring Super Bowl to me that I've felt in a while because of my lack of interest in the actual teams that are playing in it. And I don't know if you feel similarly but I just feel like as far as matchups, what could have happened, this is just to me just the most vanilla, boring Super Bowl matchup that I could have asked for going into this postseason. Yeah, oh, in the postseason in general? I mean, I guess the only thing would be if it was Philly instead of San Fran for me just because it would be the exact same as last year. Um, yeah. Definitely didn't want Dallas there either. But, like, I was rooting hard for Detroit. Like, after, when they lost that game, I legitimately felt like the Steelers lost. Not not quite, but basically, I haven't. I felt in a, a way that I don't feel about other teams losing when the Lions lost. That's probably a better way of putting it. Like it was almost like they were one of my teams, and yeah. I don't know if it was just because of how devastating it was, or just the fact that I wanted to, them to win that game that bad because of what you're saying. Like I have no real rooting interest. I probably slightly lean Kansas City for who I want to win, but I. And that's just, I, I don't know why. I, I do not know why I have this disdain for San Francisco that I have. Because it's not I'll, about the six Super Bowls at this point, because <laughs> New England has six too. Like, I don't care about that. I just, I, I despise Nick Bosa. And I don't know beyond that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my mother in law is a 49ers fan, so it'd be pretty funny if they lost because of that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you were rooting for them because of that. Oh, no. <laughs> Complete opposite direction. No, because she, she craps on the Steelers any chance she gets. Unbelievable. Oh, also, yeah, I also believe uh, Kansas City's no... I, I, can't, I can't bet against Kansas City. Regardless, the books have the last couple of weeks, and they are for a third straight. They're week. an underdog. <laughs> yeah, three straight weeks. Three straight how, weeks how, is an underdog. How are you an underdog when you look this good... And statistically, if you take away Travis Kelsey's receiving yards, uh, Justin Watson was your wide receiver too. You had rookie Rasheed Weiss. Justin Watson was your wide receiver two. MSV was your wide receiver three. MSV or MVS. MVS caught one touchdown this season. Yeah, well, you know he's probably going to catch two in the Super Bowl. He's a postseason performer, and not even like it's not, actually it's not even like a volume thing. He'll just make one massive catch at some point in the Super Bowl. That's true. It's tough. It's a tough. Um, scene. All right. Also, if I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but only if you're watching on YouTube would you notice this. Just a mustache for your boy. I am in solidarity with Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Feels very weird. I'm not used to this. I don't. Normally, I didn't even do this in the month of November this past year for November. Um, so I'm, I even, and, and I normally, even if I shave the beard, I'll keep the soul patch typically. I got mm-hmm. rid of it. Just the yeah, I, I think you should keep it for the entire season. 
I don't know about that. We'll see if Arthur Smith is even going to keep it for the because he shaved in Atlanta last year. He shaved the mustache. I also feel like his face is always like this. Yeah, and his face looks weird without a mustache. I'm not trying to call him ugly, but it just looks odd without one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like our friend Sarge without a beard. Oh, except God. except not Sarge without a beard isn't even just it's yeah. it's not I mean, Sarge it's not with a looking. beard. It's just hideous. Yeah, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. I want to close out this show by reading my probably one of my favorite tweets of all time. Okay, and then we can go into the outro, and we'll we'll let you guys stop listening. But I saw this the other day, and I loved it because this says, "quote If I had a nickel for every time the Super Bowl matchup was 49ers and Chiefs." In a year where the U.S. presidential election was between Biden and Trump, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> uh, that's one of your favorite tweets of all time, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. Um. All right, let us know your thoughts, not about that tweet. Uh, I guess about that tweet, if you really want to, in the comments about the Steelers hiring Arthur Smith to be their new offensive coordinator, how far away you think the Steelers are from being one of these teams, these elite teams in the league, and competing uh, at the end of the season, like we have in a couple of weeks between the Chiefs and 49ers. And give us your Super Bowl prediction as well in the comments below. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Check out the link in the description, everything custom designs. Uh, not the Etsy link. Do not click that. I will delete it, so it probably shouldn't even be there on this episode that you're watching now, but just in case it is there, do not click it. It is not an active link. So go to the Facebook of Everything Custom Designs, our friend Haley Wagner's small business, custom t-shirts, hoodies, all that good stuff. Get in an order. Uh, she does around the 412 stuff as well if you're interested in getting one of our designs. Leave us a five-star review if you were listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, until next time, click on another video that's popping up right now, and we'll see you next time.